How do you explain the joy of getting any size soft drink for just a buck from McDonald's? Well, it's like... Yeah, like that. Get $1 any size soft drink from McDonald's. Joy included. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Can I be combined with any other offer or combo meal? The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, <laughs> who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota. Focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota. And conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the makers of Minnesota. And we are talking to a very entrepreneurial lady today. She has so many jobs. She reminds me of myself. We're talking to Lindsay Sokolowski. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? I am good. good. You have founded a company called Boutique. And I'm excited to talk to you because when I was looking at your bio, she was like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a TV personality, which not many people can say they're that. You're an inventor. You're also an attorney. Um, you have done lots of cool things. So you originally started with a clip for boots and hanging boots and storing boots. Is that correct? You got it. The, uh, the boot hanger. Yeah. So I really, you have like started this gigantic company, not gigantic, but you have all these products. Humongous, just, humongous. Yeah, from this one original idea of, wow, I think I can do this better. Can you take me back to what you were doing in your life when you originally started and you designed and prototyped the boot clip. For sure. So I'm the lawyer part was full on then. Yeah, I was being a lawyer. I was trying to become partner um, in the law firm. But I had a problem in my closet. I was a boot addict. And I was one of those lawyers where I was like, I'm not pulling my hair back into a bun and putting on fake glasses. Right. I'm wearing my hair down. <laughs> um, I'm going to wear skirt suits with boots. So I had boots when they were fun, but they... I had nowhere to store them, and I had a closet, which it might have been like two and a half feet wide. Okay. So I thought, well, okay, that doesn't work. I can do it better. There's got to be a way. So I just started bending wire, trying clothespins, trying clips, uh, made a couple prototypes, again, for myself. That was it. Not okay. because I thought, ooh, I'll sell this someday. Sure, sure. And I got a couple ideas that worked really well. So then I was talking about it at the law firm, and someone in the patent group said, it's actually a good idea. And you should protect that. And I was like, oh, right. Protect it because someone's going to come look at my closet and steal the idea. Yeah. Best advice ever. So from the very beginning, I had non-disclosures and they started working on a patent. But I had to, you know, I had to make a prototype. I had to, and it went through many variations, of course. Can't crush the boots. Has to be strong enough to hold the boots, but not leave a mark. Yeah. Uh, How does it hang the boots most space efficiently? Because the whole point is save some space, get organized. So how did you decide who was going to actually prototype this product? Who did you use? Myself. Can't always do that, but I always joke like uh, pliers, duct tape, super glue, WD-40. They're like my best friends. I just started, I'm kind of an engineer mind. I started bending wires. And by the time I got close enough, I bought some hangers that had clips 
you kind of try examples. Uh Then I met with a wire company in Northeast Minneapolis. I just Googled wire company, wire forms or manufacturer. (laughs) And I called them up and said, I think I have a product to make and I'm not quite sure how to do it. So I sent the non-disclosure over and we met and they said, okay, we get it. We can work with that and make you a few. And so then they kind of formalized it. Okay. So now you have this boot clip. You're in the process of getting a patent, which as many makers on this show that have heard, it is not an easy process. Not at all. Because what did you exactly patent? Because you can't exactly patent like wire. Nope. And it's really hard to patent a hanger because there's so many of them. Exactly. The clothes hanger has been around forever and ever. So um, there are three things that are patented. The first is that it hangs boots and no one had ever done that. Okay, cool. So that's cool. Yep. And that to me was a surprise. Like, really? Yeah. Great. Um, The second thing, the second patented um, feature is that it actually hangs boots staggered. Yep. And so that makes the heel uh, tuck into the arch and it actually makes you be able to store a pair of boots in like the space, two pair of boots in the space of one. Yes. On the floor. Yes. And the third, which is, of course, the most important, was the silicone insert. That is um, convex, so it's you know slightly bent, which allows the least amount of surface touching the boot, and also allows it to not leave a permanent impression. Okay. So those three things made it took two and a half years. Yeah, back and take forth. a long time. It's almost like a negotiation with and a lawyer. Yeah, and they're expensive. So Very. you have this prototype now, and you've got this wire company making them, and you're working on this patent that you had to be selling these before the patent was complete. I've. Yeah, the patent was going on while I was trying to get them manufactured. Right. And so people always say, well, how did you do that? I said, American Express. (laughs) Not trying to pitch it. I want to know. Just a credit card. Yeah. I had $10,000 on a credit card and I maxed it to, because you can't buy three. Right. And stateside, and I begged to try to get it manufactured here in the U.S. And it was so ridiculously expensive, I never would have made any money. Right. You can't sell three boot hangers for $75. Yeah, right. So they said, you know, we're happy to run, you know... couple hundred for you at a very large price, but you're going to probably go to China. So I, again, I would say Google, but it could have been Yahoo. Mm -hmm. I went on the internet back in the day and said, like, manufacturers from China. I can honestly tell you that I went with the one that I could understand the most, like the best version of English, because it was then, even then, less trade. And so then I sent my prototype to them, which was a risk, because without a patent... And in China. And in China, where, where there's an industry to rip yep. things off. There, There is. Uh, and I said, how many do I need to buy? And it was like, well, at least 5,000 units. 10,000 is better. And so I thought, well, okay, what am I going to do with that many boot hangers? I don't even know if people are going to like it. And so, how much was it going to cost you to get 10,000? Do you remember? 10,000 hangers was going to be like $8,000. Okay. And then you could turn around and sell the hanger that cost you like 50 cents for... Twenty four ninety five for a set of three once it was patented. Smart. I think we started at twenty dollars yeah. a set of three. There's this tension when you have a patent and a product that is I always liken it to like a razor blade. It has to cost ten cents to, for the actual material. But yep. you will spend money, us women know, to get a good razor. That's right. Because it works. Yep. So when you have a product that maybe isn't tons of material or big or fancy, but it works, you can get a premium. Yeah. So the boot hanger actually works and it gets your boots off the Floor and it saves space and all of a sudden they're lined up and they're beautiful and they're color-coded if you're my staff Karen then they're ombre and so people would pay a premium I guess you could say in terms of you know the markup yeah because it was a good product that worked so you start with this boot holder and 
I can imagine, I mean, I can just tell by talking to you, you're gregarious, you're outgoing, so you're like going and you're trying to get retailers to carry this. Tell me about that trajectory. Yeah, so there's two different ways you can be an entrepreneur. You can jump, right? You can like quit your job all in and jump, try to get investors or capital, angel investors capital, or you can do what I did and kind of test the market, test the waters while you're working full time as a lawyer. proof of concept and bootstrap. Yep. And you're you're paying the bills. Yep. I wasn't ready. I mean, I had, I'm in the middle of my practice of law. I mean, I wasn't even a partner yet. So I am trying to make it the partnership, but I didn't feel ready to say, Hey, the boot, again, 11 years later, the fact that boot hangers are so popular and it's wonderful, amazing. So happy at the time I was a lawyer who came up with an idea who just wanted to see if it would sell. So I made a website by myself. It's not (laughs) my proudest moment. Um, I went to not a trade show, but a craft fair at St. Thomas Law School. And I sold like four sets. And I thought, wow, okay, so people don't love them. They wanted the boots. And they're like, oh, or they said, great idea, but I don't have any room in my closet. Yeah. So then I started realizing I was going to maybe need to do boot systems, not just the boot hanger. Mid start picking up, maybe I'd start selling 10 sets a month. And I was thrilled. I'd ship them out of the law firm. Okay. And... That was great. Uh, fast forward, Amazon comes to be, and I launch on Amazon, and that took the trajectory of the business. So I had a model of being an, it, almost I fell into it. Just mm-hmm. I became an e-tailer. So tell me about that, because, so you put your product on Amazon, lots of people do, but how did yours catch on? Did you market it? Did they help you market it? How did you get to your consumer, even though you were on Amazon? Right. So what it was then and what it is now are different. But just in a nutshell, I marketed it. Amazon doesn't really help you. You can pay. It's like yep. a click-through. Sure. So keywords, yeah. um, calling so it did. the original, That's calling right. it patented, um, unique, you know, the one and only. You did the original yeah. keyword searching, mm-hmm. the SEO, the pay search the engine click. optimization, pay-per-click. Yep. And once it got some traction, like once you get some, you're paying for it, but you're seeing like I wouldn't have those sales if I didn't have the click-throughs. Right. It just started to build. And very quickly I realized, wow, going door to door to a small boutique to give have to convince them to buy five sets of boot hangers That's to right. try out or sell 15 a day on Amazon. It's interesting because I had a printing and direct mail company. That was our business that we had sold. And when we sold it, we were spending about $50,000 a month on, on click, click through. paper click. Yes. And we were tracking it all. We knew exactly if we spent a dollar to get this customer, we knew exactly what our average sale was. We knew what they would likely buy when they came into the company. And you did the same thing, but with boot hangers. That is, that's exactly right. I mean, you can dial in and yep. you realize, like, if I don't spend this, I won't sell that. That's right. And so it's like a co- that's a co- built-in cost of doing business. There's no other way to do it on Amazon. You don't just get lucky. And it's a fortune. It's There's a fortune. no question. It's There's a, a fortune, fortune. But if you are smart about tracking it, you know exactly what your cost of goods is, right. how much it's costing you to sell it. While you're paying a fortune, you're also making a lot of sales. That's exactly right. One thing that we have going for us, again, so that's kind of how I, I, th- I guess I sort of found my way through the woods, kind mm-hmm. of feeling my way out of, why don't you sell in brick and mortar? Why do you sell online? Well, my model was, I'm practicing law. Yep. I can't be a salesperson right now, like going to all the little boutiques. Right. I can do the work at night online and then just see what happens during the day. Oh, I got 10 sales. Yep. Oh, bring them. I hear me with my bags back to Fred Law <laughs> and ship them out through the shipping department. So that very early on, I could see that that model was better. 
and look for my life and for my product. Sure. Like five units in one little store versus five units every hour. I love that you actually just said for my life because yeah. entrepreneurs have like this entrepreneurial spirit, right? And they're really excited about their products, but it's challenging a lot of times in your life part because you're trying to bootstrap the business, you're trying to work your day job, that doesn't leave a lot of time for family, kids, friends, all those other things. So I like that you made those decisions based on not as as much as you, of your life as being an entrepreneur and wanting to sell this product. And I, to this day, that is just such a great way. I've never thought of it exactly that way, but that is exactly how I have made my decisions for running boutique because it's been growth and change and TV. And I've had to like peel back layers, um, get rid of some stuff along the way just to make sure I could still manage my life. So yeah. I was falling in love and getting married while this was happening, becoming a stepmom to adolescent teenage boys, yep. becoming partner. And then I got pregnant with Ruby, who's now And six. you became partner too. Yes. Wow. Good for you. That was the hardest thing for boutique because that was my identity. And I was so proud all my life since I was in second grade at career day wearing a red blazer, fake glasses and a briefcase. <laughs> and they were like, what are you? I'm like, a lawyer. Like, yeah, of course. My whole life I spent becoming a partner in a law firm. At age 30, I, I was my biggest accomplishment other than what kind of love. law did you practice? So I was a lit and I still am a lawyer, just not practicing, but I was a litigator and I did class action work, employment law, a yep. courtroom, mm-hmm. not the, you know, transactional read, the, you know, the contract side, yep. but in the courtroom, arguing motions, court of appeals. I can say, I mean, the practice of law eats a lot of people up. It, it, it's tough. Yep. I loved it. So I love that. I'm making partner. But I've got more products now, and now Ruby's been born, and I've invented shoe stacks. I'm like, if I have new boots, I can do shoes. Okay, so as I'm on your website, and uh, a gal that works for you was able to send me some prototypes and things to look at that you that are for sale. Like, okay, this just spawned, like, if you open your closet and you can visualize people with me, all the things that you could have in your closet that could make you more organized. You have, I was watching a video today that you have, like, this wire thing where the shoes sit on a stack. That's shoe stacks. Okay. And the shoes like are stacked on top of each other. So instead of having two shoes on the floor, you have one in a stack right. and they stay together. And they stay together. That was in the, we, we joke because the actual technical word for the middle of a magazine is the centerfold. We were in the centerfold of in style with shoe stacks, which launched a whole nother level of the business. And shoe stacks came about with honestly, like um, wire hangers from the dry cleaner mm-hmm. and duct tape. And Ruby's sitting on the counter in her little, you know, bouncy thing. Sure. She, like she's, I don't know, four months old. And my husband says, no more invent. We do not need another moving part right now. He's like, but it's a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, because- <laughs> so there I'm like, okay, Ruby, you're going to remember that you were born into shoe stacks. And that was the second patent I received. Okay. And how many patents do you have right now? Okay. So we have four and three pending. Okay. And, and so they're just like, we're, we're going for specific, you know, sometimes you get patents and variations of patents for like different colors, different. We've gone to go the most robust where it's a boot hanger, it's shoe stacks, it's the curly hanger. And then we might do 10 different colors, but the patent covers it all. And you, everything on your website, have you made? All of it's our inventions. Yes. I mean, you guys, if you, you can go <laughs> to uh, boutique.com, B-O-O-T-I-Q-U-E. Two T's. Two T's. Oh, thank you. Yep. I see. The boots. There's like literally a robe. There's a laundry uh, basket that's stackable. There's folding flat storage baskets for your like undergarment drawer. There's 
something to hang your thong sandals. There are special shoe dryer hanger if you're like a runner and your shoes stink, which I can totally identify with that. <laughs> and, you know, some of these I, I always someone will say, well, how did you get the next idea? And I say again, my life. So we had the boot rack, which is a freestanding rack with boot hangers. And we had the flip flop hanger that you just mentioned. Yep. And we had something called boot snugs, which keeps your jeans tucked inside your boots. Yeah, I just noticed those because that's a good thing for fall. Totally. But fast forward to Ruby. And now those snugs are belly bands for pregnant women because I needed something like that when I was pregnant. The boot rack now is a child garment rack. In addition to being the boot rack, we have a separate similar product that holds kids clothes and dress up clothes. There's Ruby. Yeah. And the flip-flop hanger hangs little kids' sandals and shoes and baby shoes. Hot toes. And then you have something for scarves. Yep. And now what, okay, what is up with the leg warmers? Lux <laughs> legs. They're cute. They're like thigh-high socks that, because you wear them with boots, right? That's the, the, we try to have natural extension. That was one of those, that they were a hot, hot product. We did something with them. We added lace. We made them oatmeal. They've probably run their course, but they went with boots. So yeah. that was like, and it was kind of a fashion. It was a fashion. It's one of those like break the seal, get someone on your website and then offer them like that one more thing. Oh, that's 18 bucks. I'm going to add it in. Wrap me in bacon. Wrap him in bacon. And pour bacon crumbles on my head. Pour bacon crumbles on his head. Now that I think of it, I'll just go to Little Caesars. So go to Little Caesars. Get a bacon wrap, deep, deep dish pizza instead. Get a bacon wrap, deep, deep dish pizza instead. Get a Little Caesars large, hot and ready bacon wrap, deep, deep dish pepperoni and bacon pizza wrapped in over three and a half feet of bacon for just 12 bucks at participating locations plus tax. Pizza, pizza. Oh, you are so funny. The, you, the way you talk about your website is exactly how we thought about our website for printing and direct mail. Yeah. Like, okay, well, we sell business cards and we sell postcards. Like, we should probably sell, but we can do a brochure. You know, we just kept sort of growing it all in that same wheelhouse. And then like, oh, these people need design help. Could we have like a design company that could design these things for them and do it in 24 hours? Yes, we can do that. Yes, it's ex- exactly the same. It's yeah. like organic growth that's related to your wheelhouse and then things that happen in your life and natural extensions. And this is your full-time job now. Yes. So I turned 40 two years ago and my law firm was absolutely wonderful. I was struggling. We were launching on QVC and they said, we're not losing you. We're launching you. You don't have to stay. We'll keep your office. We'll keep the doors open. Come back if you want, but don't go for it. So I resigned my partnership to become full-time CEO of Boutique and now I'm running the business full-time. And how many employees do you have? So in the summer, we have a few less, but at any given time, we have between 6 and 12, and I have the most magnificent staff. So I have moms who were in the workforce, then went to raise their family, and getting back into the workforce is super tough. Yeah, it can be. It can, it can be. And so I have, I always say I have the best staff. I have the best women because they come back, they're eager to work, super loyal. It's like we have wine club and book club and my staff all at one. And all you need to do, and I'm just going to tell if you're listening to this and you're a CEO, like all you need to do is give them a little flexibility to deal with their kids. And people talk so about true. that all they want is flexibility. In mo- in most instances, what that actually means is you're not missing much because most of these moms have their cell phones going over time. They're working 24-7, but they want to be able to go to their kid's game. While they're sitting at their kid's game, they're probably answering emails from your job. 
I just the idea of moms wanting flexibility and CEOs being like, oh, I don't know. They're never going to come to work. What does that mean? It doesn't really, at the end of the day, mean that they're missing much. They're maybe missing some face time at work, but they're still usually getting the job done. And if they're not, then that's a whole nother problem. And you don't have a good employee because the um, the moms that get it, that show up, that just want some flexibility so they can be able to stay home if their kid is sick because that's what you do. It's just it's crazy to me that this is like such a groundbreaking thing. I know. I mean, truly, that is our that is our bread and butter. That is our motto and our lifestyle at Boutique. We all have kids. And I will say this for people listening who are even like, well, my kids are gone. Some have kids who are in college now, but then aging parents and people who have cancer and people who need to travel across the country to be with a family member who is at the end of life. Yep. At Boutique, we get to say, go, we got you. Because everyone comes back twice as loyal, like, oh, thank you for giving me that freedom. Yep. Yeah, and you know you're going to need it down the road for yourself. So. Exactly. Um, tell me about this whole TV personality thing. How did that start? Was that when you started on QVC? Yes. That's when we launched the boot hanger, which was also part of a system I was mentioning how pe- our feedback in the beginning was, great idea, but I don't have room. Right. So uh, you can build me a closet, but I can't hang my boots. So we wanted to come up with systems that would hang your boots and maybe behind the door, maybe freestanding. Uh-huh. People have lots of boots these days. So we launched Boot Stacks on QVC. Um, we were actually someone, a buyer, like an agent, reached out to us and said, saw your website, love your products. Are you interested? That's and amazing. Th- it was amazing. Do you have to pay? Uh, you give them a commission of what you sell. Got it. So that was a, uh, that's amazing, yep. right? Because then there's less risk. You, you Once you are successful and actually sell units on QVC, then they take a portion. Okay. Very small. It was 5%. Very small. Yeah. Um, and so all the work leading up to it. I'm is, surprised it's that small. Right? Mm-hmm. This is a very well-established um, agent for QVC. They've got very, very large accounts. And so I think they can take some risks. Take some risks. Yeah. That was, so the QVC journey was a very long journey. I, that's a whole nother seminar um, about how to do it, how to not get burned out. You're flying to um, Philadelphia. And it when we had the opportunity after we were successful on QVC to come back to the local network, again, life. I took it because I miss Ruby. And it's like, yeah, it's exciting to have, to be at, George Jetson's going to fly by at QVC. It's so amazing. But I missed my daughter. How often did you have to be there? Like, didn't you just go once and you get on and you sell your stuff and you go on to the next thing? So there are tons of meetings leading up to it. And I mean, you might get two days notice. Hey, the buyers got five o'clock on Thursday. Can, can you make it? Sure. And you get a flight and you go. Because it's such a big opportunity, the you know you get on and you can sell so many yeah. units. It's kind of built in. You just got to remember where you live. You go, and so it's a lot of meetings, a lot of um, buyer presentations, and getting the buy-in. Once you've got the product that they selected, then they want to see what else you have. That's another meeting. Yep. So it was a lot actually okay. of travel. Um, was so, it successful for you? Did you sell a lot of stuff? We sold a lot of stuff, and we got a lot of exposure. So yes, and yes. And good, but now life calls and you don't like all this traveling. And Well, and I think when you're like, so Ruby's six and she's starting first grade and then I have, you know, stepsons and I have a husband. And when you become a partner in a law firm, it's kind of a tough sell to say to your family, now I'm going to sell these hours of my life. Right. I made it to where I could work, you know, nine to six or nine to five. And now you're, I'm going to work at 11 p.m. Because yep. TV time is all the time. Yeah. And whatever time it is, it's their algorithm of... You sell this because these are the people watching. Yeah. It's a whole different. 
thing. And is that so you became off TV personality by selling your own products, mm-hmm. but now you're when you say local, is that what is the local channel? Is it so it's Evine? Evine. Yep. Okay. It used to be Shop NBC. Yep. I think people were more aware of that name, but and it changed to Evine. Uh, and so Evine was then a whole nother journey of and we launched the whole Lindsay Soko Solutions on a huge launch with a commercial and it was Absolutely just wonderful. They are great people at Evine. We're still selling our products, but I have stepped away from doing TV appearances. My husband had a very serious injury last July, and I was in the hospital with him you know, after the second surgery, and they're like, we need you at noon. And again, they're not trying to be sure, you know, difficult. Just, yeah, they're trying TV. to sell the products. They're selling, right? And so it was like, it again, the whole you decide things for your life, and when you're selling certain hours, I need you to be here at 11. You're going to be on 11.30 p.m., some people have no problem, love to do it. I kind of want to be having three glasses of wine by then. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was one of those, how much money do you need? How much more do you want to sell? And what's our lifestyle like? And so you have a whole brand that's yourself now. Yes. <laughs> your your name is Lindsay Sokolowski, but your brand is Lindsay Soko, S-O-K-O, right? Yes. And that's for the e-vine. So it's a you know sort of exclusive packaging, exclusive number of units. Maybe you'd get you know, two more shoe stacks in your package than maybe the public would get on Amazon. Are you selling other things through your uh, affiliation there than your product? Like, are you recommending other products? Are they now looking at you as a brand that can identify cool products that they want to sell? That's the ultimate goal. But we have a lot of products, so we're still, we still get to focus still, on ours. Yeah, filing through all of them. And... Right, and that's a, that's a bigger margin. You know, take a cut of someone else saying, here's my, right. and this is the cost, and then we want to take this cut. How does social media impact you? And you have a brand identity here that's kind of lacy. It's pink. It's black. How long have you had that brand identity? Since the very beginning. Actually, I think we had pink and brown from the very, very beginning. But the pink and damask and pink and black came very quickly after the long, you know, the beginning, beginning. And it was always if we're going to sell hangers that are you know twenty four dollars or twenty two ninety five, you should like what you get it in. And yeah, that experience. The packaging. It feels like this must be something that works mm-hmm. and that I'm going to like because it's in a package that looks like France, looks like you know French. Um, yep, pretty. And you have uh, sp- t- tissue paper that's imprinted, <laughs> and it is nice packaging. Um, when you look at what your next steps are, is it to continue to build out more products and just become? I mean, you are a lifestyle brand. We're a lifestyle brand. For the closet. And yes, so one of our most recent uh, products that we're getting our patent is pending on is a duvet solution. So kind of we're moving, we've said we're in the closet Mm -hmm. because you spend so much time in your bedroom and in your closet at the beginning of the day, end of the day. If that feels good, like the day starts better. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what we started with. Then we said, well, we're moms and we're daughters of aging moms. Let's just see what else we can solve. Mm -hmm. So now we're kind of focused on, well, whatever the solution is. Let's do it better. Let's make it unique. Let's make sure it works. And then we'll go after the patent after we've tested that. So the duvet system is called Sleep Tight. And it actually holds the inside down comforter inside the duvet cover so it doesn't sneak down. All bunch every, up, yeah. And go all the way to the end of the bed every time you make your bed. Yep. And they have it where, like, they have these weird little ties in some of them, but they break. They break. And so our system can use those ties if you have them, but if you don't, replaces them. Yeah. It gives you a full solution. And we launched that on Amazon and it's like all of a sudden it was it went crazy. Again, that's not in your closet. It's in your bedroom. It's your bed. But it works. Yeah. 
And there's lots of little solutions of things that, and what's amazing to me is you just do these. Like people (laughs) think about this stuff all the time. Like, oh, if I only had, I don't know, like some kind of a bra strap holder for when you're wearing a T-strap back dress or whatever. We just go ahead and I say, well, then let's make it. Yeah. And how do you know, like there must be a million ideas that are not good. Can you tell me about some of the duds? Ah, I'm looking at um, one of my gals here. I I don't know if I, I'm okay. I do not. I don't want to sound crazy, but I don't. Well, you kind of mentioned, I guess, the boot thigh high. Oh yeah, stocking. and we didn't really invent those. We yeah. kind of took them and took them to the next level. They were really hot on Etsy. Yeah. Three years ago, we couldn't keep them in stock. I, I was like, I never knew I would be selling leg warmers, but now they're done. Yeah. They're they're over. Um, all the things that have become patent, patented inventions or our bestsellers have. You know, me. Oh, yeah. Okay. So sometimes you make a product and then once it's produced, it's a fail. Okay. Because China or again, overseas or any manufacturer sure. can make mistakes. Yep. So one time we got an entire shipment of boot hangers and the insert that's patented, that's smooth. Yep. Was ridged like grippy ridges. And so, I mean, we couldn't sell them. Yeah. We were like, this is a disaster. Fast forward like seven years later, we now saw them as grips for cowboy boots where you don't worry about leaving a mark. And okay. they're our second bestseller of all time. So we turned failure Lemons into, into lemonade. We did. Wow. We did. That's so, neat. And we've done that with many, many times. I mean, again, I hate to uh, throw stuff away. I'm a saver. I am an organized hoarder for sure. <laughs> but I hide it from my <laughs> husband. Like, he won't look under the couch. So I'll save those three pictures because I'm going to need him for the remodel of the bathroom. I don't know. But I save everything. And so sometimes, you know, you get a product and it's a fail and I just such a hard time throwing it away that I will go to the end of the earth to repurpose it and find and a to way figure out to sell something. It. Yeah. What do you do? Like you're an idea person clearly. So do you have just like scraps of paper everywhere or do you use like Evernote or technology to help you organize your thoughts, your ideas? If you see a cool pattern, do you take a picture and like, how do you organize all of those little bits of information? That is a very good question. I do a little bit of everything. I'm not. So while I'm organized in certain ways and a complete techie, actually, I mean, like computers and all of that, I love. But when it comes to ideas and sort of notes, it's a post-it note. It might be the line, what to do today. And I kind of leave them all in my top drawer. Yeah, exactly. I just showed her my planner with stuff falling out all over. I'm like that. And then I do have um, photo folders on my phone. If I see ideas, I definitely snap a shot and then categorize it. And then here's, do you, be honest, do you ever look at that after you've done it? You mean like a photo? Yeah, like when you make a folder and you put stuff in that folder. Do you ever go back and look at that folder? I do because I'm an inventor and yeah. I'm an idea person. And I'll, But it might be as random as two years later, remember that thing in that bathroom and then, oh, I have a picture. Yeah. So, like it could be that random. But so not, maybe I don't regularly, Neat. but I do go back. I definitely go back. Is social media a big strategy for you? I think that when you're selling a product that doesn't change... It can be harder. So like when you're a service and you have mm-hmm. a new event or you're getting a new style in because you're a retail clothing store, yep. it's easier to use social media to drive sales. Yep. And I've tried everything. I just heard one of your most recent podcasts where you asked the same question. It was like, well, we're going to hire a company. We're going to do Facebook targeted ads. Did that. Spent a lot more on the ads than we did on the actual sales. Yep. Um, and so we have a social media presence that does create some sales, but nothing like click through on Amazon. Right. Nothing like the you know, with the bank so for your buck. funny to hear you say that. Yeah, because I remember when we sold our company and they were evaluating how we market, 
I, I knew that they thought we were nuts. Like, I cannot believe these people are spending all this money on pay-per-click. We can do it better. You know, within one year, uh, the company that bought us, the sales were in half because they didn't market. They didn't do it. I, I, I fully agree with that. And again, I'm not, I, I have seen the magic of social media take a certain T-shirt or a certain yeah. um, mascara, uh, the falsies mascara, you know, and because of the video, it goes nuts. Yeah. I've seen it. But our products are, you know, they're they're really useful. They're solutions. And you would think maybe that aha moment. I didn't know there were even boot hangers. It has not turned out that way. And, and maybe when- it will over time or maybe there'll be some other strategy. I mean, that's the magic. You're the one of the first people that has sat in that chair and been like, I don't know if social media is working in this way for me. And I'm just being I mean, I want people to know, don't get pulled into it. It's going to cost you ten thousand dollars. And we prompt, you know, we're going to get you these sales. The company we worked with was so reputable, it just didn't click. Yeah, in terms and sometimes of the stuff just doesn't work. So we look at social media as a way to keep our lifestyle and our brand. We want to be accessible. And I mean, aspirational. Totally. Yeah. Like, I'm so part of the company and so, I mean, I'm never out of it. And they're my inventions and I, I'm so passionate because I want to solve problems for people. Right. For moms, for, you know, whatever. That it's more for us just keeping people knowing like we're what we're doing and if you want to buy that boot hanger versus the knockoff on Amazon, that's a whole other thing. And you go to our Facebook page, you see we're real people, yeah, real moms. And a question about that: um, the inst- Instagram has uh, Instagram TV now, and they have a TV channel. And I would think you are in a unique position to maximize creating video content about you, your lifestyle, your story for that channel. Have you explored that at all? So we just came off the Facebook thing and uh-huh. that is and it's summer so we're going to the cabin sure. and yep people taking time off and i'm like you go girl yep. take your time off have a great time see when you get back so come fall come september is sort of get back to business and that is the very next thing and for us before we do that even though social media can be very casual some of our products could really use professional video and videography of before and after sure and some of that 30 second wow the wow factor so that's kind of the next step we're going to invest in that yep. to do the Instagram TV, the so the video content. Which is interesting because some of the video content is organic in nature and other is more planned, planful, if that's even a word. And I, I've been very fascinating watching this Instagram TV develop because I think it's still very produced. It's very um, slick. And stories and some of the other things that you see Facebook Live is very organic in nature. So I think that's interesting that you're seeing that because I think that's a smart maneuver. Yeah. And I, I just think that, you know, there's some, uh, I could sell my flip-flop hanger in my own closet all day long and we do those fun sort of like just one minute yeah. story. Like, what are we doing? Remember, our flip-flop hanger is great for this and also this. But you know, when you watch, I mean, I guess we've taken the temperature of everyone we know and we say like, what do you actually click on? That's the question. I mean, do you click on all of those? Are you looking for it or do you click when it's how to make the apples with the cinnamon crunch and t- for 20 yeah. seconds you're watching them make the food and like a kid's hands are doing it like, oh, this is so easy. That's absolutely professionally produced. Right. And it's everything you need to see in 15 seconds. That's right. That's what I look at. Uh, smart. I'll be curious to see how those come out and I'll be Me curious too. to watch you. Thank you for being on today. Thank you, Stephanie. It is uh, Boutique, B-O-O-T-T-I-Q-U-E. And you can find the products at Boutique.com. Uh, thanks, thank you, Lindsay Sokolowski. Thank you so much. I got much. it right for being here today. I'll be curious to see, too, at Lindsay Soko how that develops, too, your brand. And um, you are a very interesting person. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. Thank you. I had a great time. Thanks. 
At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. An F-16 pilot having hydraulic problems with his aircraft managed to parachute to safety as the plane smashed into a warehouse east of Los Angeles. Fire Captain Fernando Herrera. That pilot landed in the uh, March Air Force Base area. In the base itself. Amazingly, there were no serious injuries after the plane hit the building. Alabama executed a man last night for his role in killing four people after an argument over a pickup truck. Tennessee executed a man who killed his wife. Reporters couldn't see the execution, but AP correspondent Travis Lawler says... We could hear sounds, uh, including a singing that uh, uh, Mr. Johnson's attorney says was him singing a hymn. Answering a reporter's question, President Trump said he hopes the U.S. is not on a path to war with Iran. Mr. Trump has dismissed suggestions that any of his advisors are trying to push him into a conflict. I'm Rita Foley.